Organic farming is steadily increasing. That's good. Pour parler d'agriculture et d'Europe à la jeunesse. Der Klimawandel erfasst immer weitere Teile der Welt. Farmers help us bring nature back and preserve biodiversity. Ceux qui sont dans le rouge s'en sortent quand ils font plus vert. La qualité dans ce pays, elle doit être là pour tous. In general, temperatures are rising due to climate change. These rising temperatures cause more evaporation, and what we don't know is how rainfall will be distributed throughout the year. Whether we will get more extreme weather conditions at the moment, we just can't say. Josef Elfrich is an organic market gardener in North Rhine-Westphalia, a region in northern Germany not normally affected by water scarcity. But recent summer heat waves are leading the agricultural sector to seek ways to reduce water consumption without reducing yields. Today, new technologies are making such innovation possible, just one aspect of what's known as precision agriculture. But will these solutions be enough to meet the challenges of farming as the climate heats up? Or should we prioritize rethinking our agricultural practices to become more resilient to climate change? Let's take a closer look in the latest edition of Food for Europe. First, we have with us Gaël Marion, the head of unit for environmental sustainability in agriculture of the European Commission's DG Agri. Gaël, welcome to Food for Europe. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. To begin with, is it your view that global warming poses a threat to water resources in the European Union? Indeed, there are reports that are quite alarming in this field, which tend to projects that uh, by mid-2030s, demand for fresh water could exceed by some 40% the availability of water. And... We have seen in the last years the frequency, the severity, the duration of droughts episodes increasing. It's very, um, very clear and farmers surely are on the forefront to perceive these changes. A lot of effects on, uh, on the level of waters in rivers, in groundwaters, uh, and thus, of course, obviously for crops. And then in chain also, uh, making crops more vulnerable to pests. It's fueling also wildfires and, and not just forest fires, then they expand to the rest of the land. So we have a lot of effects related to this climate change and especially on water availability and all its consequences. In concrete terms, what does this mean for the agricultural sector, which consumes more water than any other sector in Europe? Agriculture has an, an important role to play in this uh, rational use of water because currently on average at EU level it's using 28% of the water abstracted in the EU. It's an average, of course, the south of Spain and the north of Denmark do not represent at all the same realities. And um, this water is extracted generally for irrigation, but it's also needed for animals. Uh, so rainwater can work for crops in certain regions, but for irrigated uh, crops and for breeding animals, additional water is needed. Precision farming is a way to make the use of resources more efficient, so to bring exactly the right uh, quantity of water where it's needed at the moment it's needed. Indeed. And to find out more, the Food for Europe team went to Germany to meet Josef Elfrich whom you heard at the start of the programme, to see how he manages water resources on his farm. 
My name is Josef Elfrich from Elfrich Organic Farm. I founded this farm. I moved to Bocholt 40 years ago. This is a town in North Rhine-Westphalia. I started my own business there as an IT specialist. I have a software company with 60 employees. In 2015, I came back to Saarbeck to farm. It was an intensive pig farming business, but it was unprofitable. So, no more intensive livestock farming. Josef now grows organic vegetables on 35 hectares and uses know-how from his software company to optimize irrigation. We're going now to a cultivation area. We now have a hydrant every 18 meters here. We operate them at night and with that we irrigate the plants for 30 to 60 minutes at a time, depending on how much water is necessary if it's necessary. Of course, if we have rainy periods, it's not necessary. And apart from that, they are all controlled via SIM cards. This means that we have routers on the cultivation area and we send instructions there to control the water valves. To find out if his plants need to be watered, Josef Elfrich uses humidity sensors. There are always three sensors and they transmit the data through a SIM card, just like the one in your phone. And this is how we measure the humidity at different depths. And how far do the sensors go down? The sensors are 10, 20 and 30 centimeters of depth because you have to be able to assess the extent to which the soil is still humid. It's easier to keep the soil moist than to have to rehumidify dried soil. So if you see that it's getting dry at the top, you can water it right away and not wait until it's dried out all the way to the bottom. This data is cross-referenced with weather data from Osnabrück Airport, seven kilometers away, using in-house decision-making software. This makes it possible to adapt the irrigation in volume and time. Our soil here is very light and the water, when it rains, seeps away. The topsoil dries out quickly, which means we need to water it again so that it stays moist. We can only increase the area if we apply the irrigation per day 5 litres per square metre. This means that if we now had the soil completely dry to a depth of 30 centimetres and were to apply water from 5 litres per day, we would not get it moist. We have to make sure that a certain basic moisture is maintained. For Josef Elfrich, pumping groundwater is out of the question. The farm's entire irrigation system is fed by surface water from a tributary of the Ems, which flows into the North Sea some 200 kilometers away. The area is normally well watered all year round, but recent summers have been drier and hotter, with national temperature records broken during the 2022 heatwave. Josef Elfrich has therefore decided to equip his farm with a reservoir, which will also be fed by surface water. Here on the left, that's where we are building the reservoir, which will be about one hectare in size. It will store around 30,000 cubic meters of water in winter, which will be withdrawn in summer. While Josef Elfrich acknowledges that this strategy has had a significant cost in terms of investment, the results, he says, will be well worth it. 
Because we work very precisely, I think we are already effective in terms of yields. And like the entire organic sector, we are getting closer and closer to the yields of conventional farming. We simply have the advantage that we do not pollute the areas with pesticides or other things, which means that we are actually future-proof. Josef Elfrich has patented his precision agriculture decision-making software, which he intends to market in the near future. To better understand precision farming solutions for optimal water management, I knocked on the door of My Easy Farm. It's a French startup also working in Italy, the Netherlands and Brazil, which develops agricultural decision support software and guides farmers in their agroecological transition. Guillaume Vial is an engineer specialising in new agricultural technologies and a carbon project manager at My Easy Farm. Hello, Guillaume Vial. Bonjour. Before we get into the details, can you give me some definition of precision agriculture? A fairly simple definition of precision agriculture would be one that aims to deliver the right dose at the right time and the right place to improve input use efficiency and improve the profitability and sustainability of agricultural production. And what kind of technologies are used in precision agriculture? Information and communication technologies are really at the center when it comes to collecting, measuring and analyzing data, everything that relates to geographical information management. Obviously, that means GPS location finding, which is very important for knowing exactly where we are in a plot. It's everything that is remote sensing, everything that relates to satellites and drones that can be used today to monitor the state of growth and health of crops. We're talking about sensors that measure soil moisture and agriculture software that will allow the farmer to make better decisions and consolidate all this data in a single tool. And we're going to see more and more agricultural automation systems. So thinking about the vegetable farm in Germany that we visited, it manages irrigation through soil humidity sensors. What technologies could it use to complete its system? Today, we have more and more farmers who are equipped with connected weather stations who will have precise and very localized data. This meteorological data from weather stations can be mixed with satellite data, for example. In fact, using a data model for the soil and the crop, the farmer can get a recommendation for the amount of water to be applied and when. For example, let's say that in three days, your corn will have a significant level of water stress you should apply 40 millimeters by this date. Today, this model saves between one and two rounds of watering over an irrigation season. So concretely, that's a saving of 60 to 80 euros per hectare. How do you perfect your decision support solutions? Any artificial intelligence model needs to be trained on real data. And so, obviously, farm-level data is valuable so that the models are properly developed and provide advice that is as accurate as possible. Are farmers willing to share the data collected on their farms? 
In fact, there is definitely a reluctance to share information. First of all, because this information has value. It is also information that is sometimes strategic. But beyond that, I think it's evolving positively overall. We have more and more ecosystems that are being set up. We also have more and more technologies for precision agriculture that are in demand, appreciated by farmers and who obviously understand that in order to be able to develop them, we need to have this data. Thank you very much, Guillaume Vial, for shedding more light on this topic. Precision agriculture offers its share of solutions to better manage water resources, but is it the solution, or do we also need to reconsider the way we farm? Professor Marnik van Kloster is president of the Earth and Life Institute at the Catholic University of Louvain in Belgium. Welcome, Professor van Kloster, and of course, that question is for you. Thank you for, for the invitation. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Well, precision agriculture is, of course, one of the solutions that can help. Uh, it is not only precision in space at the parcel level. It can also be at the regional level. Uh, it can be also uh, management of water in, in time, taking into consideration climate information. If we have good information about uh, where water is available, then we can, of course, manage it in, in a much more appropriate way. So, uh, yes, uh, precision agriculture can improve what is called water productivity, the quantity of dry matter that is produced as compared to the consumption of water. And in addition, one of the other advantages of, of precision agriculture is that you're also using the chemicals, the fertilizers in a more optimal way. And so the negative externalities that are related to, for instance, irrigation can be minimized if you do it in a controlled way in space and time. What are the other possible solutions? There are a lot of technical solutions which allow us to do this selecting new crops, alternative varieties that are more resistant to water stress. We can also think about techniques which allow us to conserve water better in, in agriculture systems by soil management, by minimum tillage, by cover crops, uh, intercropping and agroecological principles based on, on mixing different cultures so that they are more resilient to climate change. We can also think about urban farming and connect consumers and producers uh, in a better way. However, one of the, the big challenges here is scaling up. And that needs also, of course, to be appropriated by the policymakers, but also the producers. So that uh, implies uh, a behavior change. And do you think that's urgent? Basically, I'm, I'm not a pessimistic guy. So uh, I think we still can, can save the planet. But I'm not also perfectly optimistic that I can relax uh, on my seat. Action is needed. Action is needed in terms of changing of behavior. Action is needed in, in policy so that indeed the, the constraints on, on the agricultural production systems are under control and are reduced. There is still a window of opportunity to do that. And so from that point of view, I'm still hopeful that we can reach this challenging goal of feeding the planet in the future by adopting these new technologies, by doing smart agriculture, by doing precision agriculture, but also by adopting a very strong and efficient climate policy. Thank you very much, Professor Van Kloster. Thank you very much. I'm coming back to Gaël Marion from DG Agri. Gaël, does DG Agri have any figures on the development of precision agriculture in the European Union? We don't currently have 
overall figures at EU level because uh, precision farming represents also quite different realities. But some member states are advanced at least in collecting data. And we know, for example, in the Czech Republic that 18% of the farms have already adopted precision farming techniques. In Hungary, this represents 12% of the farms. And in Denmark, this rate uh, was at 23% in 2018. And they also estimate that this represents a coverage of 57% of the total agricultural area. So we don't have an overall view, but we're working on that. I would add to that that, of course, there are differences between member states and between farmers, inevitable differences in the adoption of precision farming. What are the current obstacles to the adoption of these technologies in agriculture? Is the so-called digital divide one of those obstacles? The first obstacle is, is, is financial because um, most of the time adopting precision farming technologies will require an investment in the new technology itself, in the new machine. This is certainly not the only one because these new technologies, they come with more changes at a farm level. Farmers have to change their practices. Uh, it implies a lot of adjustments in uh, timing, organization on a farm level. What is important for the rollout of these new technologies is to, to demonstrate how it works, to spread knowledge on the use of the technology itself. And that will require advisory services, but also exchanges of experience, dissemination of good practice. And that is a major challenge, I would say. Is funding provided under the Common Agricultural Policy? Precision farming is among the tools that uh, can help optimize the use of resources. It typically meets the objectives of the common agricultural policy. So under this uh, common agricultural policy, there are many types of supports which are possible for investments. The support to a farmer can be up to 80% of the cost of the investments. And there are also support for practices in the context of precision farming or other practices which are good for the management of natural resources. All this is possible in the EU framework, but the exact conditions for this support is to be designed by the member states. Guillaume Vial explained to us the importance of sharing data collected on farms to refine decision-making models. What can be the value of this data at the political level? What is very important in uh, sharing data is, is really to ensure that there is full clarity on uh, the data that can be shared, on the data that will not be shared, and how the data will be protected. And for this, uh, legal frameworks will need to be in place to make sure everything is clear for everyone. But I, I need to say that it would be indeed very interesting to share more data at EU level. Some of them, at least for sure, would be very useful at EU level to help better understand and assess what are the good practices so helping to assess the policies and help better target future policies. And finally, is precision agriculture set to become the norm in the future, not only to optimise water usage, but other inputs too? At EU level, we would never be overly prescriptive on the exact investment to be made by farmers. That would always have to be decided at a much more disaggregated level. As regards uh, precision farming, uh, it 
would also not be possible to say, yes, this is what all farmers in all places in the EU should do. It has to be seen in the context of their specific environment, their specific farm systems, and there are different ways to address the scarcity of resources. So there is precision farming, but there are also some farm practices that can help uh, better manage resources uh, in relation to water. Certain soil practices would be very important to help uh, better to retain water in soil. Water reuse is another thing. At farm level, an assessment should be made on what is the exact solution for my exact specific situation. That's the best answer. Thank you very much, Gaël Marion. That was a pleasure. Well, the challenges of water availability and consumption in an age of global heating are plain for all to see. And technological advances aside, both producers and consumers will be called to play a role in managing this precious resource. That's all for this episode of Food for Europe. Thanks to all my guests for their contribution to this podcast. In two weeks' time, we'll be taking a look at the link between protected geographical indication foods and school canteens. Curious? We look forward to your company. Organic farming is steadily increasing. That's good. Pour parler d'agriculture et d'Europe à la jeunesse. The climate change affects ever wider parts of the world. Farmers help us bring nature back and preserve biodiversity. Ceux qui sont dans le rouge s'en sortent quand ils font plus vert. La qualité dans ce pays, elle doit être là pour tous. 